From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Much like Elijah, much like Nostradamus, much like Jim Cantori, I am a prophet. I'll get to that here in just a few moments. Hell yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike, it's Mike Davidson Lives, the name of the podcast, yada yada. Hanging out uh, for the next half hour or so, highly caffeinated, talking about whatever may come to mind. I'm glad you joined me, hanging out for a little bit. Uh, Happy Labor Day weekend, just days away as I'm recording this, looking forward to three days off. Who isn't, right? Uh, Tell you, the, the weather, the weather today was a bit on the cool side here in northeast indiana like uh temperatures were like in the er, low 60s when i left for work got to about 75 so it warmed up a little bit but it, it got me jones in for fall and it's been kind of an uneventful summer here weather wise um we did have some hot days last week that just sucked uh but uh, i tell you a day like today has got me excited about football excited for leaves changing excited for halloween thanksgiving and then uh you know worried about winter after all that crap uh big shout out to my wife too she surprised me when i came home from work today um i came in and she asked me if i noticed anything about the living room just go ahead and walk around and i immediately saw uh, the dress under the television, she had made these bookshelves, like these little plastic shelving things, not bookshelves, uh, bookends, uh, with scenes, my favorite scenes from comic books, uh, Daredevil Born Again, uh, The Dark Knight Returns with Batman, uh, it's, it's kind of a currently reading, sh- uh, thing for me and my wife, like books and trades and everything, uh, that we got up on there. And uh, it, was just, it was just a pleasant surprise, and I uh, love her dearly for that. love her dearly for a lot of things, but it just it, it blew me away, and uh, now I can put my books there, and hopefully the kids don't knock this crap all over the living room like they do everything else. All right, uh, I am excited about football. Like I mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, uh, not one of the reasons why I'm excited about the football. In fact, uh, not expecting much from the Colts this season, but... Uh, as you know, big fallout between him and uh, the team. He requested to uh, seek a trade. Uh, the Colts were not going to give him up uh, without getting some pristine picks, and nobody traded for him. Deadline came and gone, so he's still with the team, and chances are he's not doing anything with the team this year. So this dude basically uh, self-inflicted a torpedo on his career. Which which is a damn shame, too, because I remember seeing him a couple years back when the, the Colts played the Patriots on a Saturday night game just before Christmas, and he broke off that big game-winning run, and it was one of the most exciting plays I've ever seen this team do. The game sucked um, because it was, uh, this was a uh, you know, post-Luck, post-Manning, post-Brady uh, rivalry game, I guess, but it was just kind of through the motions, terrible quarterbacks playing, and then all of a sudden this big run that uh, wins the game for the Colts. Loved that, and he seemed like a real nice dude, and I guess he got a new new agent, went a new direction, became self-obsessed, and here we are. He's not playing. Uh, But Chris Ballard is like, yeah, 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 no, I think we can repair this relationship. And it's like, no, dude, it's uh, you got to cut your losses here at the end of the season. He's done. Uh, Alice Cooper is done, not because of um, 
what he said recently about um, about uh, you know a kid choosing his gender at the age of six. Although he did uh, have a makeup company that he was doing business with, cut ties with him. And I just found it weird that a progressive makeup company in 2023 just cut ties with a shock jock. No, uh, uh, Nights with Alice Cooper, the radio program, I guess this was announced weeks beforehand. Uh, it will wrap up September 8th. Um, and this is a, a show that had been on uh, terrestrial radio for about 20 years. Not a bad program. It was kind of cool to hear Alice's um, stories and playing music and all that stuff. But uh, the, the United Stations, the state, uh, the group that syndicates that show is going in a different direction. Uh, yeah, that which means they're going to replace it with something that's worse. But uh, what uh, first time I remember is like uh, down in Kokomo when I was working at a rock station down there. We had. We had a really weird mix because we, we rebranded the rock station. We had like an all-morning talk show from 5A, 10A. And then we went to, uh, you know, basically your active modern rock format from uh, 10A to 7P, which included new music. And then we went all classic rock, 7 to Midnight with Nights with Alice Cooper. It was like this station was three different stations <laughs> in one like each day part was just so different uh it, it made absolutely no sense but uh nights with alice cooper was uh, a great radio program and of course alice is still doing his thing so uh continue rocking alice uh, and i think he is interested in still doing some radio don't know why that would be but he is uh rockers that are still doing it metallica just set an attendance record for a sophie stadium in los angeles Breaking Taylor Swift's record, I guess, you know, 70,000 plus at her shows recently, but Metallica played uh, because of the, uh, their M72 tour going on right now. 80,000 in attendance, which means that rock uh, rock bands can still pack in the house, breaking that record. Now, keep in mind uh, that Taylor Swift uh, may have only, only had 70,000, but she played six straight nights of 70,000. So, you know, she's got she's got some appeal, but man, Metallica still doing it. Um, not bad for a band that everybody hates, I guess. I don't know. Okay, so Metallica's doing okay for themselves. Disney Plus is not. Uh, Ahsoka, Osaka, uh, basically the new Star Wars show dropped last week. And over a course of uh, six days, 1.2 million people have watched the new Star Wars series. Over the course of six days, that's 200,000 people watching it. Uh, on a planet of six billion people, that matters jack and shit. Um, as Neurotic, uh, Neurotic pointed out on his Twitter account, that's pathetic. And Star Wars is just, it's not what it once was. In fact, I, thought, I think I saw Liam Neeson, who uh, made an appearance on the Obi-Wan show last year. He says that uh, Disney's doing Star Wars no favor, uh, favors because... They keep oversaturating uh, the uh, the property with too much of it. And he's got a point. Uh, not everybody's going to follow Star Wars with the same feverish de uh, devotion that your typical fan is. And I think a lot of fans have just kind of thrown up their hands and said, No, we're done. Uh, I've got other things to read and watch and do. Uh, and this comes right on the heels of Disney canceling, Disney Plus canceling two shows that haven't even debuted yet. One, I think, uh, based on Captain Nemo from uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. 
and uh, some other book series that like they had two shows ready to go on Disney Plus, not happening now because they're cutting costs left and right. And of course, as I mentioned, Star Wars still sucking hard for Disney. Uh, yeah, Disney could use a little Christopher Nolan magic. I'm thinking because everything that dude touches seems to do pretty damn well. Uh, Oppenheimer, uh, I think, is the fourth highest grossing movie. This year, I think it's the highest grossing rated R movie, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they, there was an interview recently with the uh, production designer, the uh, uh, the set designer for Oppenheimer. And she talked about how Christopher Nolan cut 30 days of filming out of the schedule just so there would be more money for sets. And she says, that's amazing. And when you think about it, I mean, that's Christopher Nolan saying, yeah, we, we can film this on a month shorter of a timeline, this this big three-hour epic he's doing, and I'm going to allocate more money uh, to the production team, the set team, and uh, this but the movie was budgeted at a hundred million dollars, which is a third of the budget of Dial of Destiny, which bombed, which is a third of the budget uh, the Flash chewed up, which bombed, and uh, this movie about a bomb hasn't been nothing but successful for Universal. I think they're going to re-up with him and hope he can use his budget cutting magic and keep things going because this is it's uh it's a home run who and that's the thing too is like you know why aren't these studios looking at what christopher nolan's doing going well why don't we have directors who approach things the same way why are we thinking we have to make 250 300 million dollar budgeted movies every time out because this one only cost $100 million, and it's uh, already north of $800 million. Maybe looking at $900 uh, before it's theatrical end. Okay, so Steve Harvey, who's been a very successful TV show host, uh, started out as a comedian, kind of in hot, some hot water, and he had to walk back a tweet. I don't think this is cancel culture necessarily, as it's just unprofessional. Uh, he put on Twitter, who do you find to be an unfunny comedian? And he got some hot water for it because he himself is a comedian. And I, I kind of get it because, um, you know, if you're in that business, you shouldn't be passing judgment, especially since you've gone through the same uh, trials and tribulations other comedians have gone through. That and he probably got inundated with a lot of Amy Schumer responses. But, uh, no, it's that, that is bad form on Steve's part, uh, he did apologize. He walked it back. That's fine. No one should come after him with knives out. It was just a dumb tweet. I mean, hell, if if he can survive announcing the wrong winner for a beauty pageant, you can he can survive anything, okay? If he can survive some of the answers his contestants on the Family Feud gives, uh, you know, he, he'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't go attacking other people in your... Um, in your trade or opening up that can of worms for other people to do so. I, on the other hand, can tell you all the comedians that I don't find funny. Brandon Gabsby. Uh, so, yeah, he's in some hot water. Uh, one woman in hot water uh, for her use of ice, Martha Stewart. She was on some cruise, uh, I think Greenland to Iceland or Iceland to Greenland. Basically, the two lands. She was on a boat in between one going to the other. And it was one of those fancy, uh, dancy, I'm a rich person cruises. And uh, she was bragging up on um, social media how they captured a small baby iceberg and they were using the ice 
from the iceberg to uh, cool their drinks. It was like, okay, look at us. We're drinking with ice from an iceberg in our cups, and all these environmentalists are losing their shit going, you realize we're losing icebergs every day, and you just hastened uh, uh, global warming or something. Like, you, you literally are drinking ice from an iceberg, and I'm just thinking, well, if these icebergs are melting, chances are we all have drank water from an iceberg so you know calm your balls there environmentalists uh, by the way i'm looking at this and while some other people are getting angry i want to be rich enough where i can drink a beverage with ice cubes made from an iceberg i don't think i'd go on a cruise ship because uh that doesn't appeal to me but if you could um fly in bits of iceberg on like a private jet to me and uh, put it in a bucket inside of a big Humvee and, and drive it over to my house as I'm in the backyard uh, with the windows open to my house, air conditioning running at full blast as I'm at the grill, you know, roasting California, grilling California condor. You roast it enough, you can grill on a, a grill. That would be great. I want to be that rich where I can use ice cubes from an iceberg uh, to cool my beverage and to piss off people who have nothing better to do than gripe on the internet. So, uh, let's see if I can hook that up. Okay, so I, I said I was a prophet, and I am. Uh, kind of bragging here a little bit, uh, because before the writer's strike, uh, before the actor's strike, I've been saying this about late night television for a couple of years now. They're all the same show. You know, your Jimmy Kimmel's, your Jimmy Fallon's, your uh, Seth Meyers, your Stephen Colbert's, you know, uh, John Oliver. They're they're basically the same talk show. Uh, and so is that other guy that uh, was on after Colbert. I'm drawing, I'm draw uh, James Corden. Yeah, uh, they, they all told the same Trump jokes, the same Republican jokes. They never went after any Democrat, really. Uh, they told the same jokes. They kissed the same ass. There was nothing unique about them. They're basically the same show. And then uh, a night or two back, I was looking on uh, the internet, and it was announced that all these five talk show hosts, Kimmel, Fallon, Colbert, Myers, and Oliver, are joining forces for a podcast that's going to go at least 10 episodes as long as the writer's strike continues. To support their staffs, the the uh, the funds raised by this podcast will basically help their staff. So they've literally morphed into one show. It has come to fruition. Something that I have been saying uh, for time immortal. And the thing is, too, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this. It, late night television peaked when Dave Letterman absolutely hated Jay Leno. When you had uh, the late night talk show wars if there was a writer or actor strike in the 90s uh when leno and letterman were competing no way would those two team up i mean leno might want to uh but letterman would never do that i mean i'm sure both guys would find a way to support their staffs but there was competition damn it and now you have these guys you know kumbaya on a podcast showing you how 
deep their commitment is to uh, beating the other guy. They're all fellow travelers. They don't give a shit about ratings. They don't give a shit about uh, 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 commercial revenue. It's just to show that they care. These five talk show hosts. Uh, kudos to Bill Maher for not joining in on this, by the way. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned James Corden earlier. Uh, he was the host of the Late Late Show, and, uh, you know, he called it quits not too long ago. And rather than finding a new host for the Late Late Show, they pretty much canceled it and said that they were bringing in, like, another uh, another thing to follow Stephen Colbert. I think it was a, a kind of a reiteration of an old Comedy Central uh, show, Midnight, with Chris Hardwick, uh, which would have been more like a game show. And, um, you know, he's gone. Conan O'Brien went out with a whisper. No one remembers Samantha B. Late Night is dead, and these guys are the reason for it. And they're hoping that their podcast makes a dent in uh, in this strike. It, it, it probably won't. Uh, what will probably happen, um, what will probably happen is that they'll uh, find somebody to uh, be a benefactor to the writing staffs. And a lot of the money will come in from large donations. It will probably, it will not come, uh, it will not come through uh, the little people here, grassroots, is what I'm saying. There will be somebody else. It's just basically to draw attention to the fact that these guys are still alive, even though we've gone on with our lives. A okay, no, I can't say it's been disaster free because I mean, you know, you look at the horrible stuff that's happened in Maui and uh, down in Florida uh, with the uh, recent hurricane. I, you, know, you know, bad stuff does happen, and uh, heaven forbid if we ever have a national emergency. Uh, use your own imagination as to how bad that could get. But uh, give you a heads up, October 4th, uh, National EAS Test, which means uh, your televisions, your radios, your phones, I think at about 2.20 Eastern Standard Time, will go off uh, with this is just a test. And already, you know, conspiracy theorists are, you know, kind of coming up with, well, why would you need to know that? Why would we need this? Why would we need this? Uh, rest assured, if something bad was being planned by our government, they probably wouldn't use the EAS test. They wouldn't even warn you. Uh, but also, this is the government, and seeing how this is an EAS test that they've told us all about, I can't help but think that they're going to find a way to screw this up. Like, they will find a way to make something go wrong, and people will still panic, and... Uh, or, or uh, it will um, not work for uh, half the cell phones in the country. Or it won't go out over the radio or the TV like it's supposed to. Something will go wrong. Something will go wrong with this national EAS test. I'm going to have to bookmark this. And uh, heaven forbid if uh, something bad does happen major in the next six weeks. We'll see what, uh, what transpires. But I don't put a lot of faith in, uh, <laughs> in our government warning us about bad stuff. Um, I can tell you that Chicago is rough. I think we all know that. Uh, big cities in general are not safe places anymore. Modern, Moderate-sized cities aren't all that great to begin with. Uh, basically, if there's a lot of people where you're at, there's a chance that a lot of bad things will happen. And uh, one film crew for a uh, Univision affiliate in Chicago found out the hard way. They were filming a segment, I think at 5 in the morning, about 
the robberies that are going on in Chicago. And they got robbed. They got uh, they got their camera and all their equipment stolen by three dudes in a ski mask. Um, I think this was on Milwaukee Avenue, something. Yeah, like uh, just as they were uh, reporting this, and uh, they became a part of the statistic. Like TV crews are getting robbed in Chicago. It reminded me of um, uh, Shelby Steele's son out in San Francisco. He's a documentary filmmaker. I talked about this about a month or two back about how he and his dad were uh, filming a segment for uh, a documentary about his dad. And he came back to his car. It, this is in a ritzy part of town, and his camera equipment got jacked. Like, there is no chill with the, the crime rates that are going on around here. There are no neutral participants or neutral uh, observers when it comes to crime in Chicago and San Francisco. Not even among the, uh, the media. You become part of the story. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know why they would have to do a report at 5 in the morning about how bad crime is. You, you would think they could just go down, go down to a police precinct and talk to somebody about how bad crime is in Chicago. It would have been the safer thing to do. But now they have something to talk about. So I guess that's, uh, that's why they did it. Okay, so uh, going on from Chicago uh, to one other city that's struggling, uh, Portland, Oregon. The school system there is thinking about doing away with uh, bad grades and zeros because uh, it could affect the ch child's self-esteem, all these new age gurus, blah, 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 blah. I have gotten an F on my report card once. Um, and let me tell you something. That was not the worst thing that ever happened to me. I felt bad about it. I felt embarrassed about it. Um, because I realized how lazy I had been in this particular class, uh, high school broadcasting, by the way. And this was uh, the first six weeks of the grade of, of the semester, cumulative grade. But I was able to learn from that and bring that F from the first six weeks up to a B minus by semester's end. So I ended up passing the class. I did a hell of a lot better. Failure is not necessarily a bad thing. It's uh. It's all in the suit that you wear. Uh, you get an F on a test. You get an F, a bad grade on a homework assignment. You're not supposed to feel stupid, but if you can learn from it, that's the best mark. You know, and maybe it motivates you to do something different. Study harder. Change up your study habits. Maybe uh, get tutoring. Do whatever it takes to pass this class within reason. Um, but now they're doing away with that, and I think that uh, they're going to be okay with people cheating on tests. So what is even the part, point of giving these tests? Uh, what's the point of even having these kids go to school other than to keep teachers on the payroll, I guess? Uh, this is asinine. You know, give some kids some bad grades. It's not to make them feel bad. It should be to, you know, show them, hey, this is what happens if you don't do what you need to do. They're not going to do that because that requires some authority. Uh, but if they're doing that in Portland, Oregon, chances are uh, look for that to happen soon to a um, school district near you. Uh, be prepared. Uh, speaking of school districts, I think this is a charged school in Colorado. Uh, this kid got sent home because he had the Gadsden flag on his backpack. And one teacher thought that was a symbol of white supremacy for the... Uh, Person that does not know what the Gadsden flag is, it's the uh, yellow flag with the snake, don't tread on me, which is more libertarian than anything. That was also a flag flown in the American Revolution. 
Uh, and a lot of the battles in the American Revolution did take place in the North, not the South. Uh, were, and in the North, I mean, in the North, there were a lot more people sympathetic to the plight of slavery, uh, those who were in slavery, I should say, than the South. That was always going to be a source of contention in he these here United States. But because, uh, you know, some people are perceived to be racist that have this. This kid was perceived to be a racist. He was kicked out. And uh, public pressure made the school board re uh, uh, basically reconsider and let this kid back in. It shouldn't take public pressure to do this. It wasn't like this kid was walking in with a swastika or um, a, a clan hood or anything. It was, it was the Gatson flag. And I don't know, how, well, I do know, uh, in this day and age, how anybody could take that seriously. It comes from newsrooms about people handering it. I mean, these same newsrooms uh, are the same people that think that uh, giving the okay sign is a symbol for the Klan or uh, people in the Latino community use Latinx as a, as a term. No, 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 that's newsroom talk. That's award show talk. Uh, so I'll just say it's, it's either Latino or Latina. The okay sign means okay, and the Gadsden flag is uh, is not white supremacy. Douchebags. All right, uh, Fox News. Uh, I don't watch cable news. I don't have cable news. I, that's probably why I'm so happy and cheerful. Um, somebody sent this to me, and it, perplexing, perplexing. There's a there's a, a news correspondent for them, Harold Ford Jr. is a news contributor. Uh, in these uh, years after COVID and in the years after the vaccine, uh, they were talking with him. He's talking about how, like, he has had seven, he, he's had, like, the, the COVID vaccine and, like, six or seven booster shots. And even after the injections, he's gotten COVID three times. And he's considering getting a, another booster like, he's basically saying, yeah, I got the booster, but you know what? Uh, it's It's been ineffective, but I'm still going to do it, damn it. You know, I had COVID before getting the vaccine. I've had the vaccine and the booster. Uh, COVID didn't kill me. The vaccine didn't kill me. But I I myself probably had COVID after the vaccine. And it's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with all this crap. Uh, move on. Live life to the fullest. Live like you're dying. YOLO. Uh, all that fun stuff. Uh don't be, don't be the nerd in the bubble. Be the nerd that makes things awkward for other people in public. Um, and by that, I mean just, you know, me being me. I was at Barnes & Noble not too long ago. And uh, I, I went to the comic book trade section, just kind of peruse, and there was a dude there. And th this was like maybe a month ago. You know, it's 2023, summer 2023. Most of us have moved on. There was a dude uh, leafing through the trades. He had a mask on. And after he got done looking at one trade, he put it back. He reached into his pocket and brought out hand sanitizer and immediately started rubbing his hands. Like, the pandemic has literally broken a lot of people. And this guy is one of them. And Harold Ford Jr. is another. Uh, there, there are other things to be legit worried about in life like in australia this woman uh she's in her 60s uh mood swings forgetfulness uh you know she thought she had cancer mri and all that stuff she goes in for surgery and they removed from her brain 
a three and a half inch worm. It was alive and moving. They removed it from her brain. Uh, she has since improved, although she still has issues with her memory. But this thing is like freaking nightmare fuel. How do you get a worm in your brain? I mean, what do you eat? Where do you swim? Uh, do you lock your house up tight at night? <laughs> Australia has nightmare creatures anyway. The fact that a three and a half worm can crawl into your brain and reside in there is freaking me out just thinking about it. This is linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, by the way. Uh, again, if you are into nightmare fuel. And finally, class action lawsuit involving fast food. As you know, uh, there is somebody currently suing Taco Bell because uh, not enough meat in his uh, nacho pizza or whatever the hell. Uh, somebody tried to sue Kraft Macaroni because uh, it takes longer to cook macaroni than what is said on the box or some shit. I don't know. Now there is a class action lawsuit in Florida that will not be thrown out, even though Burger King wanted it thrown out, because apparently the Whopper as served at the restaurant does not match what the Whopper looks like in the advertisement. A class action lawsuit, which means many people have signed up for this. Many people are suing Burger King because they are disappointed in the fast food product. Rather than learn to make their own damn burger, they're suing them. And you know that the payout's not going to be all that great. That is, if this thing goes through. If this thing uh, goes as contested. <sighs> Does not give me a lot of hope for the future. Maybe we just need to cancel that EAS test and hope for the worst. Alright, with all that said and done, I'm done. Until next time, happy Labor Day and stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.